From MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. Another shrimp on the Bobby. <laughs> was that uh, in the spirit? Of yes, things? absolutely. You know what's funny is uh, I got a, a friend of mine who's from South Africa, and they—I don't know. I'm not going to say they. I don't know <laughs> what they do, but one thing that this guy can't stand about Australians is their their accent. A lot of people can't tell the difference between them, Brits, right? You know, South Africans, New Zealand, but. He can't stand the Australian accent because he says it's real whiny. See, I think that's the best accent by far. Do you? Yeah. It's my favorite accent. You dig when dudes have accents? <laughs> so, speaking of Australia, it's over. It is. It we don't is have to hear it anymore. Over. We don't have, no, we don't have to get up at 2.30 in the morning, Texas time, <laughs> that to is watch the worst. that. Oh, my God. It was in and out for me. I can't, st- I can't do it. I'm old. I can't. Well, there's it. really, yeah, the problem is there's no, you can't watch the end of it. And then if you watch the beginning, it's like, oh, if it's a great match, and you got to go to bed because you can't stay up till the end of it. Right. And then you end up with all these partially recorded right. matches. You don't know where they're, where they're connected to because you got a whole bunch of them on your DVR. And then they change channels to make it more confusing. And then, well, yeah, that. And then they play 19-hour matches, so you end <laughs> at like 4-2 in right. the third. Yeah. Um, so basically what you're saying is the Australian Open sucks. <laughs> it's definitely set up for my kind of thing which is watching things taped which i already do yeah you really we do talked about last week it was science that down to a science i can't stand doing that well aside from the time uh issue and the channel issues and whatever else uh how do you rate this year's aussie open it's funny i was thinking about that and we were talking about how if federer won it was just going to be the waste of a tournament and you know i think the one thing that might have saved this tournament is first a women's draw because it was actually really competitive and they had great matches. And then the other thing was that Federer's match was actually competitive, which I certainly was not expecting after the way he rolled through the entire draw. But I think the women's draw, so the you, fact that it was two finalists. So what you're telling me is you think the illusion of that final, it was competitive? <laughs> we're well, going to get to that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. More competitive than I expected. I'll put it that fair, way. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Especially after the first set. Right. So the women's uh, side of things, you enjoyed that final, was that, that outstanding. That was the whole tournament. I Every agree. Every round of the women's was great. I agree. And as much wait, as wait, wait, let me just say, I thought I agreed. We'll get to that later <laughs> oh, as there well. You go. But as much as I criticize Halep, I don't think she can be sad about the way she played that tournament. Baula, shot call. I mean, that, she was the most, I'm the most impressed by her of anyone in the tournament, even though she didn't win. Right. Um, you know, just the fact that she played so much tennis. And then, of course, to top it off, they showed the picture of her in the hospital the, the, you know, a couple hours <laughs> that after poor the thing. match. Uh-huh. That poor thing, which led to really the final controversy because this was somewhat not a controversy-filled tournament, but as controversy-filled as tennis can right, be, a lily, right. you know, white, boring, you know, <laughs> sissy yeah, tennis to, can be. Yeah, to manufacture some controversies. Right. So the roof, the roof, the roof is going to close. <laughs> um, they showed her on her deathbed, basically getting IV'd up to get fluids back and get rehydrated, and uh, which, I mean, as little as she is, it had to be a thimble full, but that's (laughs) neither here nor there. 
Um, the, the the roof was open for that match. Right, and almost every match. And it was grueling, yeah, and every match, and it was a grueling match. And whatever the wet bowl temperature, <laughs> I don't even still don't understand any of that or care. I don't want to understand Or it care. Um, but the next day, conditions were slightly different in some of the categories that make up the wet bowl. Right. Whatever the hell that thing's called. Humid- humidity being the main one, I guess. I get Who knows? Um, and they closed it. So my conspiracy theory is, is that Roger Federer is part of the Illuminati. <laughs> He practiced indoors. He knew. That, that was the part that was a little bit shady to me. knew something was going on. He said, hey, I'll make a couple of bucks. Let me break you <laughs> off something if you shut that roof. And it was shut. Now, what makes it even more you know, interesting or shady is that at some point during that match, I can't remember what set it was, but Chilich sends his rackets back to get restrung. Right. And, you know... So racket stringing isn't just for, you know, who, you know what you want to do as a player. Right. I mean, obviously you have your tension set sort of, but it also changes based on, you know, what things would affect how the ball goes through the air. Right. So not just off your racket is what I was trying to say, but also different conditions. And so the roof closed versus the roof open, different conditions. Well, and I, I was a little disappointed with the broadcast, and maybe I just missed it, but I didn't hear them really go into detail about, you know, any of that. Like why, like I mean, why they just said he needed, well, no, why he was so worried about his rackets. You know, they didn't talk about, well, it's more humid, so he needs to have this, or, you know, it's, right. you know, they, they just sort of said, oh, he's upset about his rackets. You know, he wants a different tension. Well, it's like, well, why would he want a different tension? Or why is that Because he practiced outdoors, right. had his rackets all set, and what do we do? They shut the roof. Yeah, and I don't think it makes sense to close the roof on an evening match. They're not going to play again. I mean, it's the last match of the tournament. Outdoor tournament. Which is, I mean, they always like to say that. Right. So, yeah, I really thought it didn't make sense. You know, for, I mean, the fan, like I said, it was night, so they're not going to be in the sun. Right. So I didn't understand it. But Now, listen, if they did it because it's hot as balls and they did it for the fans, by all means. I mean, you saw all throughout the week <laughs> the section of the stadium yeah. that the sun was hitting it, you know, made out of rectangle, <laughs> and that whole rectangle was almost empty. Right, every time. Because uh, it's Australia. And so if, you know, the snakes and spiders don't kill you, the sun will. <laughs> well, I guess it's big dollar, you know, tickets at that point, and they want it to be comfortable. but Right, but we don't know if that's the case. That's right. my point. And so... Well, and that um, still wouldn't make... Then why wasn't it for the women's final? You know, that's you know I, here's why I think they did it. I don't think it was for a competitive advantage, but I think Federer went over and said, listen... <laughs> Listen, I need you to close the roof right. because the sunlight shines down upon my wife's wedding ring. <laughs> it could cause blindness throughout. It's like the Ark of the Covenant right. uh-huh. in uh, Indiana Jones. Did you see that ring? Oh, my God. It was the size of a, size of a Coke can. It was she's incredible. a bigger one now. Um, no, he's got all the babies he needs. She's all locked <laughs> up. It's done. But, yeah, so anyway, I that – you just don't like to see something happen for a reason you don't know why, and it doesn't make sense. And, and does it benefit Chilich if it's open? I don't know. He's bigger right. and taller, and so it's probably harder for him to move, plus better moves like a dream. And so ultimately, if it's a little you know hotter, a little more whatever, it still doesn't help Chilich, but it doesn't matter. I mean, that could have thrown him out of kilter immediately, you know, trying to figure out what was going on. Um well, and that goes into something I heard earlier in the tournament, and I've got to 
ask the expert here to explain oh, this. Oh, God. So they said that this was a very fast court. Yeah. And Brad Gilbert said, well, fast courts are great for counterpunchers. Well, he said, well, he what? I know what you're talking about. I don't think he said they're great for counterpunchers. I think this service is good for right. the counterpunchers, referring to the two semifinals. Yeah. So, first it's of all, he like may have been... Players like Halep, Wozniacki, Chung, Kerber. Right. So All that style of play. Right. So, typically, you would think if I've got a big serve and a big forehand, it's going to hit the court and skid through and be tougher for anybody to deal with. Right. Now, maybe on the women's side, the pace of the ball... From start to finish, the average speeds of those shots aren't going as fast. So having a fast court doesn't have the same benefit as it does if you're somebody's biggest chillage. The other side of that is is possibly what he's talking about is you know retrieving you you know because the, the idea of counterpuncher you you almost think pusher and that's not right. that's not the case. I mean you know. A counterpuncher redirects, uses the the whole entire court, moves the ball, you know, to, to outside of the opponent's strike zone, so they're hitting on the move. Right. So it's not just you know we hitting the ball twenty, <laughs> you know, thirty feet in the air and all that. Although that uh, woman from Chinese Taipei did that a few times, which is awesome. Well, the way I interpreted it was. Well, hold on. Oh, okay. Go ahead. You said the expert, right? <laughs> Since he's not here, I'll answer. Thank you. Uh, so what it may mean is that on a clay court, a retriever is even more defensive, whereas now the court's a little bit faster. So everything that the, the, the counterpuncher has to offer gets on them a little faster than it normally would. And so now they've got to speed up everything they do. I mean, that's the only thing, because typically you're right. I mean, you were right in your mind to think, wow, BG Tennis Nation, what is your deal? Because um, typically you think a big hitter, but I think maybe on the women's side – it's not as effective because the serves aren't big. Generally, overall, the, the shots aren't as big. And if I'm chasing down balls and not able to put a lot of pop, but the pop I put on my shots is aided by a little bit of faster surface, so now it looks like I hit bigger. Right. And whatever you do outside of Serena or Vika or some of these other ones, he's it's not so huge that it really kills me. So maybe so hopefully that that's my – because I heard the same thing and I was like, eh. I mean, you know. Well, and I was thinking like someone who's a counterpuncher does better with pace. So if they're getting more pace, that too, you know, plays into their game. That's a good one. But possibly, why doesn't that apply to Wimbledon, which has always been big server? Yeah, yeah, that's what I didn't understand. Right, because at Wimbledon you don't see counterpunchers dominating. So that's why I thought it was a little bit odd. Right, but it did. I mean, based on the eight semifinalists, it definitely there were a lot of counterpunches in there. So, although, yeah, I mean, listen, I guess the pace, you know, it's it's. Five to seven miles an hour makes a big difference, 10 miles an hour. But um, they were being offensive all throughout. Like, Hollop was being quite offensive. And that was just her language. <laughs> no, her game, you know what I mean? She was, she was giving to the box. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, you know, so, um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. We well, have I to, want you to get into the uh, – We'll get BG Nation um, – BG Tennis Nation is his Twitter talk handle. To us Sorry. again. Uh, epic Twitter handle, by the way. I mean, or Twitter account. He's nonstop in about everything. <laughs> I don't care <laughs> about gold. I just don't care about the Raiders or Golden State yeah. Warriors. To be honest with you, um, but uh, but yeah. So we'll have to get him in and uh, interview him. You yeah. think he's coming down for the Dallas Challenger? Sure. Watch well, Nishikori's coming. I was going to say, you know who is Nishikori is, <laughs> and you know who else was in town? 
Big John. John well, yeah. Isner was in town hitting he with lives uh, here. hitting with uh Key, K, Koo, Key. <laughs> um yeah, but they gotta go somewhere this week, don't they? He ain't got time to be hanging out. Are they, well yeah, he's he gotta get ready for a, he's gotta get ready for a big tournament, I'm sure. But that's not nice. <laughs> Key's not that short. Bigger. Oh, tournament. you mean oh, a yeah, higher yeah. level. I thought you meant like big kids. <laughs> um well, I want to hear your what you alluded to earlier about the finals. Oh, baby. The let men's me tell final. You. you can start with the men's final. Well, first of all, let me just tell you my general impressions of both terms before we get to and dig into the nonsense. I thought that what we had talked about with Fed, if Federer wins, what a waste. And irrespective, because irregardless is not a word, <laughs> uh, irrespective of the final, what it looked like, or his road to the final, it was a waste because it's more of the same. Uh, I agree with you, ultimately. Because why? Because, it, say it with me, it is the weakest, <laughs> weakest era, era in men's history, tennis. history of men's <laughs> tennis. Now, I don't know what the 20s look like, to be fair. I really don't, okay? But, you know. Well, what was so funny is that's the first time I've ever seen when they put Grand Slam totals up. It wasn't Federer, Sampras at all. It was Court, Serena, uh, you know, Steffi, and Sampras. So... You know, it's just funny to see that together because I feel like this men's tennis has turned into what women's tennis used to be, which is better just rolls through the first three, four rounds with no right. competition whatsoever. Right. And to me, I couldn't care less about watching his first four or five matches anymore. Well, I mean, kind of what we talked about last time in, in the preview show also is that we had two tournaments that had something, or two tournaments in terms of both draws, the men and the women, where there was a similarity, and that is missing pieces. Obviously, the women with Serena, yeah, and then the men with, I mean, really to me, Nadal was kind of missing, and, and Djokovic so was, yeah. was kind of missing because they weren't all in right. because they couldn't be. And we didn't know. And same with Stan. And then Murray's out, Stan's out, yeah. but he's not one of the, he's, right. he's not, not that Djokovic and uh, anybody else are, you know, Nadal are on Serena's level, but they're up there in the medal count, so to speak, along right. close to Federer, so ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so, we were comparing to some degree similar, you know, um, scenarios and my impression before I did research, just my eyeball test is that the women stood up, stood out, stepped up all those other cliches that I can't (laughs) get right. And, uh, I thought had a better display overall than the men. Um, in the absence of the other, because like you said, I mean, really, we're talking about one player's left, better, and who's there to right. take advantage of that? Well, and if you'd have taken him out, maybe the men's draw would have been very similar to the women's. Man, um, maybe, but maybe it was just you know what the only positive I can come out of the men's draw with is that we saw finally some young players actually do something. You and, racist son of a. <laughs> Talking about Tennis Sandgren? Yeah. He's not all that young. No, and you won't ever see him again. Yeah, that's exactly. Uh, Edmund and Chung, though, I think much are going to the, be. Much to the delight of Tennis Twitter. Right. I got <laughs> hammered on Tennis Twitter. Coach um, got, uh, got, I got, I first, got in the mix. Uh, yeah, his first uh, introduction to real Twitter. I got in the mix. I've never done that before. I don't really know what trolling is, but I think I'm starting to f- <laughs> get a feel. Yeah. Um, it's really fun, right? It's neat. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't care. That's the beautiful part. Yeah. I really don't See, care. See, that's the difference. It's just magic. There are a lot of people, wor- that's their livelihood. It's words on a little magic box. I, right. I, I just don't care. I mean, I'm out there 
in the heat, feeding balls, coaching, doing whatever, and none of that matters to me. Right. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, so I weighed into that mayhem and just got <laughs> w- way more bad words than we say on this podcast were directed <laughs> directly at me. The upside is I only replied to someone who tweeted, so I was just sort of connected to their yeah. little thing. And I got a couple, but then they all went right back to the guy that did the thing. <laughs> it was a black fella, I might add, who was defending tennis Angren, but whatever. But yeah, I just thought it was nice to see some young players that actually we I think we'll see again, as opposed to, you know, somebody just having a one hit wonder like tennis Angren. Do we though? I mean, because we've seen it. I mean, we thought we thought the next gen the first next gen graduate, right. so to speak, you know, who was scheduled to play next gen because he's in the age group for yeah. it, but qualified for the final eight. Right. Sasha? Is that yes. his nickname? I yes. can't remember which one's <laughs> which. Um Yeah, Misha lost first round and Sasha lost third round, I think. Or maybe in, second. In fine, fine fashion, I yeah. might add. In fine, fine fashion. So do we you know, I mean, again, we don't want to be a prisoner of the moment as the uh, illustrious Skip Bayless always likes to say, <laughs> "I can't." See. He's from Dallas, you know. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. Um, well, and Chung beat Djokovic, but it was like you said, a shell of Djokovic. It wasn't the yeah. real Djokovic. So yeah, well, I'm not just like put much stock in that. Yeah, just like Nadal going down. I mean, it was kind of like you could see it, you know, kind of coming. Um, they're just old and beat up, man. Yeah, and it was the reverse of the U.S. Open where Federer lost, you know, and just sort of faded. This this time, Nadal lost and sort of faded. Right. You know, whereas everybody wanted to see Federer and all, I guess. But well, I will say this: that Dimitrov carried through, right, from his success in the fall, winter, whatever that was. Yeah, that was one of our topics in the previous show. Was yeah, who could step up or keep it going? Like you said, and he was right. not he, the only one. He got some confidence, and guess what? The upside is he's sort of a little bit older than that next gen. So, in terms of his seasoning and experience and all that. And again, he had that success, and now coming forward, and and listen, he lost to, I mean, I, I'm not going to say an unknown, but it's you know, Great Britain's number two, yeah, right now. Who knows who that guy is, right? Yeah. Well, we do now, but yeah. Um, and he had a great run, and really, to be honest with you, if he wasn't hurting, which as a great sportsman, he didn't allude to that in the right. pre- press conference. Uh, when he lost to Chilich, he gave Chilich the credit and didn't didn't say, but he was definitely busted up. Yeah. Um, and so it was fun to see. I mean, he's got a gigantic forehand. Oh yeah. I mean, it's almost big as yours. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. He's just pet like he. That's your new hero because y'all have the same <laughs> hair and skin tone. And yeah. I don't know how either of you make your living in the sun. Y'all should be working in a coal mine that's right. or, um, you know, in the night. I think shift that's or why something. he really lost. He had a sunburn after five days C- playing clearly. Australia. Yeah, he needs listen. There's sponsors, and then there's sponsors. <laughs> and he should actually, instead of having Nike, or I don't even know what he wears, or I think it was Nike because he had pink on. They were, oh, Nike God, was all pink, yeah. right? Um, and whatever racket he uses, who cares? He needs a san- suntan lotion sponsor, <laughs> okay? That's what he needs. Um, or uh, like one of those big but is that really, gardening sun I don't hats. think they're going to want somebody with our complexion That's representing. That's a good point. <laughs> when you say our, you mean you're in his. Yes, I'm on. right. I've got a beautiful complexion. <laughs> um, so Dimitrov, in terms of the youngsters, was pretty good. Kyrgios had a good run. Um, and yeah. that, was, that was a good match against Dimitrov. I mean, that was a highlight of, so overall. So to me, the match that could have saved this tournament for the men would have been Kyrgios-Federer. 
you know, that to yeah. me would have been the only draw. I don't even remember if they were in opposite halves, but as a final, to me, that would have been really interesting. Right, hearkening back to last year um, at Miami or whatever it was. Yeah, and um, the Labor Cup, they played that really close match. Yeah, well, well, I know yeah, that was exhibition. Yeah, right. But I just, to me, that was the only player that was playing that has the game to beat Federer. Because right now, I don't know who has the game to beat Federer, even when he's off. I will tell you, all of them. <laughs> no, no, no. But none of them think they do. All of them have the game. That in, <laughs> we're going to talk about that. All of them have the game, and we'll talk about that. But, yeah, so that's a good way to characterize, I think, the men's draw is certain matches that didn't really live up to some things. And part of it had to do with people retiring. Right. But, again, it's not our fault that the only people you got to really show off the sport are old. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, so – but Dimitrov would have been good, too. Yeah. And Kyrgios – I mean, the Kyrgios-Sanga match was outstanding. That was a lot of fun. Um, the whole Edmund run was fun. Yeah. Uh, just because he's a young guy just beating the shit out of his forehand. Holy crap. Um, well, and the Sanger matches were good just because he was so, you know, off the radar that anytime you see somebody completely off the radar beating top players, it's right. exciting. And I'm no apologist. Um, I just said be reasonable. You know, that's all I cared about. Is, yeah. is You know, and again, it's Twitter. It doesn't matter. But when Twitter bleeds into... You know, when all the, the, the accusations ultimately bleed into a press conference at a Grand Slam, it's like, what a bummer for him. Right. I mean, wow, I just had the greatest moment in the history of my career, and it's all gone to shit. Yeah. And now, if he's a stone-cold racist and and it's it's born out that way, yeah. Good for good for right. them. He's he needs to get punished, and yeah. I mean not punished. That's the wrong way to put it. But yeah, he he he's got to live with what he is and, right. and face the consequences for it. The problem is, no, the only people that came out on Twitter that defended him are people that knew him. Right. That's the thing, and not his family. Yeah. Like I said, players that were around him in the Challenger circuit. Donald Young. I think he. I think I, Donald. I'm sorry if I got that wrong, but I think he tweeted. Um, Isner tweeted, um, Jarmir Jenkins tweeted in his in his behalf. Well, and what's funny is I almost felt like the broadcast, even though they didn't specifically address it that much, I felt like they even were sort of lost the luster a little bit for him because when he was in the quarters, it was like a real big deal when he won, you know, second, third round. Then all of a sudden in the quarters, it was just like, oh, you know, Tennis Angren's playing, but it wasn't like as big of a story all of a sudden because I well, felt like they were kind of distancing themselves a little, a little bit. bit which, which really pisses me off because they were basically convicting him too because they were under pressure probably. Like, right. you know, probably getting hammered by two. Everybody calling him not brave enough to bring it up. No, yeah. it's a tennis tournament. Right. I mean, damn it. And ten, I mean, tennis has always been, even the NFL, they don't bring up off-field issues very much during games. Right, you're there for the football. Yeah, I mean, you might talk about it. That was a great catch. I'm surprised he uh, (laughs) he was able to make that catch since he was beating that guy senseless with his right hand earlier uh, at the bar last. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't happen. So it's not about sweeping it under the rug. It's First of all, he didn't commit a crime. Right. Even if everything they say is true, he didn't commit a crime. It's stupid and awful, and, uh, you know, the wrath he faces is his own fault. But that's the whole point, is the people that actually tweeted in his defense know him. All the people losing their shit don't. Right. And to me, I you know, put some work in. I don't know anything about journalism. <laughs> Obviously, as you can tell by this <laughs> podcast. Um, but put some work in and do some research and find out and get hard evidence. 
not you know indirect evidence from third party you know three tweets away from who he's following whatever I don't you know I guess I don't care um, but but it is a bummer from the standpoint of American tennis that you have this guy who's been toiling away in the in the you know lower levels the challenger circuit has this amazing run probably ten times his prize money career wise or whatever right. all in one one weekend one week. And uh, and it's just gone to shit because of all that stuff. It's a bummer. Well, and how many lower level players were watching that and thinking this is why I'm still on the tour? You know, five years later, making nothing for that one opportunity. Right. Well, that's another aspect of it. It's like you're talking about things that could have saved the men's tournament without you know players. That story could have. Right. But it's tainted by nonsense. Um, just like, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not going to jump on the uh, the bandwagon here and pile on to. Um, how do you say this guy's first name again? Hyung, Hyun. Oh, Hyun, Hyun Chung. Hyun Chung. <laughs> so he had to bail on a match. I don't blame him. Right. I mean, everybody was like, "You got to play." T can't walk. Shut up, stupid. He's got a career to think about. Right. He can't, you know, destroy his foot. You know he's he's got to pull the ripcord if he's guaranteed to lose. He's there's no way he's going to be able. He can't move. Right. And well, that especially for someone like him when that is his game. Well, yeah, if he was a huge server that could just you know hit one shot every point. Right. That'd be maybe different. Right. So yeah, I mean it's his career. Yeah. He owes you his best effort, and I think that was his best effort, including pulling the ripcord when he had to. And he's got to move on next week and play the next tournament. Right. And he's got to recover. And he probably knew going into that that he wasn't going to be able to finish the match. Right, with his foot. Right, and he tried. So, I mean, he could have just said, you know, walk over. Walk over, and right. everybody would have been furious. But, yeah. you know, what? <laughs> Except Federer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that would have been fitting for Federer's uh, tournament. Right. But, uh, right, that would probably have been his toughest match. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. So, anyway. Um, so, there were some good stories, and... Uh, uh, I think you characterized it the right right way on what matches really could or did kind of save the tournament. Yeah, uh, I think the women's it seemed like on the front end, it seemed like it didn't need to. It seemed like it was power packed all the way through. Right, or was it? <laughs> we will find out when we come back. <laughs> It's time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. All right, we're back. What uh, what did I say we're going to talk about? Um, French Open. Yes, <laughs> let me tell you. It French was exciting. Preview show. It was ex- <laughs> Why not? <laughs> oh, we got 15 hardcore tournaments first um, during the clay season, of course. You were talking about how everybody's able to beat Federer. Listen, I will say one thing interesting about the clay court season is I mean, Federer doesn't care about rankings, but woo-wee, is he going to actually get in the mix in the clay court season to try to get that one spot? See, that's what we were talking about, a friend of mine and, my, and myself. No way you have any friends. Is <laughs> tennis friends. Um, you know, we have a bet, actually, whether Federer's going to play a clay court match or not. And I said, I think a lot of it has to do with if Nadal's healthy. I, if Nadal's not healthy, I think he should go for it. He could, 
to me, he could legitimately win all four slams this year. Yeah, he's the second best I mean, clay court right. player in the world. Yeah, and which makes me sick. If Nadal is hurt and doesn't play the French, he definitely should play. Agreed. Agreed. I, I mean, guaranteed. I don't even know that he shouldn't anyway yeah. because every point he gets is going to be picking up points. So right. ultimately, if he wants to stay in range to when they get to either grass or stay in range for when his broken ass falls apart one more time, <laughs> uh, as in I'm talking about Nadal. Um, yeah. So I think he will because he because first of all, Nadal who knows injury wise, but also I I didn't think about what you just mentioned. Holy shit! Could we have the first <laughs> men's? I'll clarify for the love of Pete, <laughs> the first men's Grand Slam uh, calendar year Grand Slam winner. Yeah, I mean. I don't see now. The problem is doing the the clay grass back to back. That's always the tough part about that. Well, but he doesn't have to go, you know, all in on clay. He can play one warm up and maybe well, one smaller before that, and then the French, and then. Uh, but the question is to me, what style would he play on clay? Because he's playing so aggressive, short points. Would he still try to do that on clay, or would he have to play farther behind the baseline and try to rally more? I don't know. We have to talk about that after the, yeah. uh, after this show next <laughs> week because uh, we got to get to the rest of the Australian. I um, think you should just play one warm-up tournament in every Grand Slam and just go 48-0 and be done for the year. <laughs> Can he do it? <laughs> so basically, somebody's got to somebody's got to get to Nadal and just like clip his calf muscle or something. <laughs> That's the only way it's going to happen. Tanya Harding's available. Oh my God! By the way, never did I ever think Tanya Harding would be so smoking hot. Really? Yeah, Margot Robbie. She's oh, playing well, Tanya yeah, Harding yeah. in the movie. Yeah, she still wasn't hot in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Although someone said you can't make her not hot, so yeah, maybe. it's hard to yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, all right, what was I going to talk about? Um, Australian Open and how amazing the players were. All right, so uh, do you agree with me that the no. women's draw, <laughs> the women's tournament overall, was a better tournament than the men's? Easily easily yeah bold <laughs> that is bold before i actually did maybe the first bit of show <laughs> prep i've ever done that's not true we did the utr for the right. for the wimbledon right. uh, women's draw yep. i think and it was a disaster by the way speaking <laughs> of the utr the utr is out of control i think it's been drinking <laughs> and it's belligerent and it just keeps showing up everywhere yeah. at, in australia it needs to get a hold of itself <laughs> So, for those of you that don't know, and I don't know how you at this point would not, Universal Tennis Rating, which uh, CF, CB Fowler, I don't know what his Twitter is, Chris Fowler called it the Universal Tennis Ranking, not, (laughs) it's a rating. Sounds typical. Right. A lot like your NTRP rating. Um, I got to stop you for a second. Though. Oh, God. Tell me if you noticed this. And Chris Fowler did this for the entire two weeks. Oh, my God. He's they, the worst. they had a challenge. Every time there was a challenge, he immediately would ruin it. The challenge and say, oh, that was out. Oh, it was in before they would even zoom in. You could see it to the point where I would mute the TV when there was a challenge because I didn't want him to ruin it. So what you're saying. So <laughs> listen, so the takeaway from this story, what I'm <laughs> gathering is that you were not enjoying the tennis to the point where you were on the edge of your seat for challenges. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they get rid of the challenge system altogether and get rid of officials and just let the players make the calls. 
Separate issue. That's another podcast. Anyway, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. That was just one other aspect of Fowler being terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. He was terrible. I actually wanted Chris Everett. Okay. And she's the worst. Yeah. Um. Wow. So, anyway. Yeah, she's been terrible commentating tennis since she predicted Bobby Riggs in 1973. <laughs> I actually like Bethany Maddox-Sands. I think she, she did pretty well. She is outstanding. She's got a little bit enough of goofiness. Right. Just enough. I'm playing tennis currently, so I'm right in the middle of it. I know enough of these players. Yeah. She didn't gush over any or buddies, you know, so yeah. that because there's always danger if you're, if you're that close to, you know, in the middle of playing. And the only reason she's not is obviously she got hurt. Um, yeah, I thought she was outstanding. Yeah. I thought she was great. Um, and somebody said, I hope she does it for a long time. I said, well, I think she's still trying right. to play tennis. <laughs> I hope she goes back out, finishes her career, <laughs> then comes back yeah. and, uh, and plays. All right, focus. Quit it. <laughs> Where was I? You were talking about puppies. Yes. So we both agree that, wow, that women's draw was much, much better than the men's. And I think we may be close, but we might be wrong. And I'll tell you why. So the UTR, speaking of the UTR, universal tennis rating is a system where they rate players from 1 to 16.5. It might be 16.55 or 5.4. I don't know. But anyway, so... 16.5 is the best. Like, you're a 1. Right. <laughs> and Feder or Nadal right now is a high... So he's number 1 in the world still. Right. Barely. Uh, by 150 points, apparently. That's spitting distance, if you ask me. Which is why Federer needs to play clay. Oh, <laughs> you're going to get me off topic again <laughs> all right so basically what it does is it, it it takes the last 30 matches and it it basically rates you on that two digit plus out to the hundredth place of and a i decimal. didn't know it was last 30 that's interesting so what it does is it takes into account the rate the rating of you and your opponent and the score how close it was so, uh, Nadal, wow, this is close. Nadal is a 16.20. Roger Federer is a 16.19. I wonder if that includes today. That's pretty impressive. Well, and that's actually surprising because if you factor in the last 30 matches only, I would think Federer would be ahead of him. Well, well, I guess you got two things to look at. Your overall... Well, because, you know, the, the rankings are for a 12-month right. rolling period, whereas this is a whatever. Um, so, anyway, so they're very, very close. And, you know, I mean, you think about it, 30 matches, whatever. Anyway, so the number one woman in the world is Caroline Wozniacki, only because her friend is on maternity leave <laughs> still. Uh, Caroline is a 13.26. I didn't point that out to say how much stronger <laughs> men are than women. I really didn't. <laughs> All right, so Novak is a 15.91. Grigor is a 15.88. And Chilich, who just went five sets, is a 15.86. Delpo coming in at 15.84. Murray, for some reason, still rated. He's next. I'm trying to look for somebody. Well, here. it makes sense if it's clue the last 30 matches. I mean, Murray, yeah, it's his point. last 30 matches was, was amazing. Right, it's a good point. Um, but ooh, yeah, this doesn't. Hyun Chung injuries. is a fifteen point six six. Nice. All right, so I, yeah, I don't think matches that are retired. I'm not sure how that works, but anyway, 
So it basically takes into account how close a match was, and so basically in a two in a two out of three set match, uh, seven games is a quote unquote competitive match. Right. So if you're rated higher than me, not likely, <laughs> but and you beat me, but you beat me six four six three or six four six four, or I even get a set right and have seven games. It's not like six zero zero six six zero because then I would only have six games. Um, I get boosted up. My points go up a little bit for yeah. that because you were rated higher, but it right. was a competitive match. Right. So I did some research. Now I didn't get the actual UTRs of everybody. Now we did that with the women at Wimbledon, and it was a disaster. <laughs> if you recall, right. the, the numbers were out of they. It just it was not good. Yeah, who did not. Was not good for the UTR. However, the UTR has recently been purchased by a tech group or something out in California, which is now probably why they're all over the TV and getting on my nerves. We use UTR for college; it's fantastic. It's it's uh, not a hundred percent accurate for sure, but it gives you a ballpark. It gives you some idea of what's going on, and so yeah. you know you can use it to to um, at least pick your 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 groupings of players that you want to go after in relation to sort of your your players and where the their UTR is. So all right, with that being said, so what I did was I wasn't trying to test the validity of UTR cuz I don't care. We've already done that. We proved it sucked. Right. We'll, we'll do that again maybe Wimbledon again maybe. Or maybe US Open yeah. hardcore. But what I wanted to figure out what was what was the men's singles tournament compared to the women's singles tournament which one was better, more competitive. So what I did basically using sort of the formula of the UTR with that seven-game threshold, for the women it was seven games. Obviously the men played play three out of five. And so basically I, I, made, I figured a straight set win. If it's two sets, four and three gets you there. So I figured maybe four, three, and four. Yeah. So I did 11 games was competitive, 10 games wasn't. Because if I beat if you beat me six four six two, that's not a competitive match. Right. Is what they say. So essentially, one break per set is what they look at. So I went through the draw, and in the in the first rounds of the men, you had and so for instance, Nadal won his first round six one six one six one, and they showed every second of that match. Exactly. By the way. What I would say <laughs> is not. Yeah. A competitive match. <laughs> but his opponent, a Chilean named Nicholas Yari, played Leonardo Meyer, Mayer, and he that was a six two, seven six, six three. So that yeah. was competitive. Right. Now the trick is if you have like seven six, six two, six two. Yeah. You know, that's that'd be well seven six, six two, six three would be eleven games. Yeah. That's still not competitive to no. me. You know what I mean? But but I just went – I didn't want to, you know. Right. So, all right. So, in the first round of the men, you had 47 matches that were competitive and 17 that were not. And, again, factoring in, you know, if you want to set, essentially, yeah. it was competitive. That would always be considered competitive. Even though I think that's horseshit for the final. But we'll get to that. <laughs> Well, right. and I do remember Brad Gilbert saying at some point there was a ton, there were a ton of five setters in the men's draw throughout the tournament. Right, right. All right, so the first round, again, so 47 to 17, competitive versus 
non-competitive. Right. At the same time, on the women's side, you had 40 matches that were competitive. And you had 24 that were not. Well, and I think that's pretty standard when you look at Grand Slams historically, I would say. Right. So, and that's kind of why I did it by round first as I'm talking about it, because maybe depth-wise, with the physicality, the best physical players on the women's side are also typically, well, they're going to they're gonna be at the top. Because right. everybody's got skill. So, on the men's side, everybody's got skill and there's a lot more physical, you know, it's just, yeah. you know, it's more bunched together, I think, in that regard. Whereas on the women's side, you got tiny little things like Lauren Davis, who still hits the shit out of her forehand. But, you know, there's a lot of tiny little things yeah. out there hitting balls that aren't crushing it. Whereas on the guy side, everybody can crush it. Right. Um, I mean, the speed of light is still constant. So in relation <laughs> to how fast you hit a forehand, I don't care if you're, you know, whatever. So anyway, so, you know, I'm probably going to get called sexist for that, but who gives a shit? <laughs> All right, so in the first round, it was more competitive. There were more competitive matches on the men than the women. So so far, we've been wrong. <laughs> but I think we would have guessed that, don't you think? Yeah, for the first round, especially. Well, and I mean, I would probably say competitiveness is the main criteria for how good a draw is, but not necessarily the only. Right. Don't bust apart my whole theory here, but <laughs> uh, right. But no, 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 and then we'll get to sort of that too. Yeah. Poking holes, if you will. <laughs> Son of a That's bitch. what I'm here for. God damn it. All right, so. Second round on the men's side. And again, remember, you have half the amount of matches. So relax when you hear these numbers. I know your math isn't your strong suit. There's tennis. So I don't right. know what you're going to do. But all right. So we had 22 competitive matches and 10 non competitive matches. In the second round of the women, wait for it 22 and 10. There you go. We're getting there. Yeah. So now you're starting to even out a little bit. What do you think is going to happen? You think it's going to get better or worse for the women, or better for the men or worse? What do you think? I mean, I think they're going to get don't peek at my numbers more competitive on both. I would think as the tournament goes on, because the players should be more right. That's evenly what you matched. think, right? All right, all right. So now we're the fourth round. Can I talk about one of my least favorite lines and from tennis players, by the way? Which is sure. Oh, it was the match was closer to the score. Do you hate hearing that as a coach? Yes. That's my like probably my least favorite. But we went to deuce every yeah. game. Either that or my opponent was a pusher. Or my opponent sucked, and so I, that's why I sucked. Those <laughs> yeah. are like my two right. things. My if opponent, I hear that, I right. just walk away. I can't play that kind of a... Yeah. Right. Believe me. Yes, I have heard it all. All so, right. So just because it was 6-2-6-2, that's not competitive. I don't care if it was two and a half hours. Right. All right. Fourth round. Okay. So we're talking about eight matches. 16 players. The men, 12 competitive, four non-competitive. That's pretty impressive. Okay. Women, not bad. 11 and 5. All right. 11 competitive, five non-competitive. Um, I'm trying to think. So you had Keys. Is one of those matches, so you know she hits the you know shit out of the ball. So right. sometimes, that, but that actually her match was, let's see, her, no, her match was not competitive. Um, let's see, Hollop's match, the one seed was not competitive. Anyway, so, uh, but they're still pretty close, eleven to five, twelve and four. Sometimes yeah. the luck of the draw, <laughs> literally, um, 
put certain matchups and and you get some lopsided. Well, there were so many upsets early in the women's. Some of those players had to crash down. Right. That's um, another excellent point. Um, so now we go to the quarters. On the women's side, four and four. Ugh, that's not good. That's not good. That's not good. Now, on the men in the quarters, ooh, it hurt. This hurts. Because <laughs> you got some no names, so to speak. Right. You got Edmund. He's playing. You but, got uh, Chung. He's playing. Yeah, but they both. Sangren. He's playing. They played each other, so yeah. it's kind of cheating. <laughs> All right, quarter, uh, uh, yeah, the quarterfinals. Men, seven and one. I was going to say all of them. Including the doll who retired. Because a lot of times you get a retirement, it's like, right. it's not good. So you have Nadal Chilich, which went four and two games. Yeah. Four sets, two games. Edmund, who was busted up. You know, he, um, he beat Dimitrov after Dimitrov plays for six years right. against uh, Kyrgios. But that was a four-setter. Yeah. And then you've got Sandgren and Chung playing each other. And so that was a three-setter. But that was a really good match. But it was highly competitive. And then you've got um, Burdich and Fed. So, all right. So now we go to the semis. In the semis, you have Chilich and Kyle Edmund, which, I mean, for the – fact that he was all busted up um he made it decent but it was it was um not competitive right unfortunately he fought but it was two six and two so one shitty set one good one one shitty right um on the women's side on the semis we are one and three not good yeah and then the finals, obviously, the women's final was outstanding. I mean, high level on both sides. Right. And it was fought to the death. And neither, I mean, how many times you see on Twitter, oh, I wish nobody could lose. <laughs> um, not me, because then it never ends. And then we just have cupcakes. <laughs> well, and Halep and Kerber was incredible in the semis, and then Halep in the final was incredible. Right. Um, but they just... Um, were you glad to see Woes win, Wazi, or whatever they call her, or did you want to see what was your leaning? Uh, irrespective of fantasy mm-hmm. tennis, my my leaning would have been Caroline because I just think that Halep is going to have a lot more opportunities. Right, she's older. Right, and I do feel like that she still progressed even though she lost. Whereas Caroline, I mean, she's been trying for so long. Right, I saw a tweet. There's a a dude, he's a tennis writer, which who knew we had those in America? <laughs> Nobody cares about this sport here but us. Uh, ben Rothenberg, who apparently <laughs> he gets... Does he play for the Steelers? He gets, that's funny because he gets hammered on Twitter <laughs> because people think he's Ben Roethlisberger. Right. Um, that which would be terrible I find, to have that name. Yeah, I agree. Uh, don't worry, he'll be reti- uh, retiring probably after this year. <laughs> um, he's going to play one more year, and then hopefully we'll find a backup. Um but anyway, he he put a stat out that said uh, that Caroline, you know, because she gets a lot of heat for being number one right. without winning a grand for slam. So long, too. Well, that's what I was going to say. She he put out a stat that she held the number one ranking for as long as Venus, somebody else, somebody else, somebody else, and somebody else yeah. combined. Yeah, I mean, I think and she it's had like it for seventy, eighty, a hundred weeks. 
the level of consistency to beat everyone except a lot of times Serena. Right. And there were some other big hitters. I mean, Vika was playing a lot, yeah, you know, Maria. big hitter. Maria. <laughs> Maria. <laughs> Forgot about her. Um, And so, yeah, what a highly, highly impressive career. And now, the only really the only difference to me is they can get off her back now. You know what right. I mean? When somebody told me they were shocked to find out she's only 27 because it feels like she's been around right, yeah. forever. Well, they start when they're 12. Right. But she, you know, she needed it more than Halep. Um, I do think Halep was hurt by having been on the court so much leading up to that match. But, I agree. But because that didn't look like the same Halep from the Well, now, here's another thing I'm going to throw out. Me, me, anyway, so my point being on this stuff is that overall on the men's side, on the women's side, there were 81 competitive matches, 46 non-competitive. On the men, 94 competitive, 33 non-competitive. That's a pretty, it's yeah. a 15% difference, basically, give or take. Um, so w- we thought the women's match, match, you know, tournament was better. Right. Maybe it wasn't. Yeah. I think it's, well, now poke holes of... in, in what, <laughs> no, no, no. I, Cause I'm going to as well. So well, go ahead. the first thing is a competitive match is still not necessarily a match I want to see. Right. Fair. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, a lot of it has to do with expectations, who you want to be, you know, deep in the tournament. Right. So on your first point. You know, two like Kevin Anderson and Chillis or somebody, just right. two big bomb servers, one forehand, done. Yeah. And they all hold it love every game. That's miserable. Right. So if it's seven six, seven six, seven six, it's still miserable. Right. Sorry, John Isner. <laughs> Go America. Um but yeah, agreed. Um that's certainly one thing. And then the like sort of to that, your second point, the matchup game styles, but also Who's playing star who? Power. What does it mean? Yeah. Star power or lack of star power right. is always is is intriguing. With like Chung, right? Lauren Davis is that Lauren? Is yeah, that a first name? Lauren. Yeah. To um, me, the ideal is having a star versus an up and coming or you know surging player, as opposed to and then the finals you get whatever the star plays another star right. or the star plays the up and comer who's doing really well. The other aspect is if you have a competitive match, but they both both play like shit, right? You know where the winners in uh, unforced errors are lopsided towards unforced errors, then it then it sucks. Which was so, one of those Dimitrov matches was like that. Sure, uh-huh. yeah. Um, so in that regard, I still think our impression of what we saw all all over the last two weeks, I think we're right. I think the women's tournament was still better than the men. Well, and the other part, too, that's not even really out of our control or in our control is that we're only seeing a tiny percentage of the matches in each draw uh, on TV. TV, ESPN3. <laughs> well, I know, but, I mean, we're always going to gravitate towards the... Sure. They're going to gravitate toward the star matches and the close matches. I tried to watch some of these random matches, for sure. Yeah. You know, the downside is, depending on what court it's on, the camera angle is a little different. It's crappy to watch, but... Well, I'll add another criteria in there. Was there any match in the men's tournament that you're going to remember next year? Hmm. Outside of the final, just because it's the final. All right, well, let's start with the women. I'll remember the Davis. Yeah, that was match. That was best matches ever. Right. Um, They were playing at a high level, and there was some contrast. I mean, they both retrieved the ball, but they were hitting big. It's sort of like they were hitting bigger than they normally do, but... Um, so that was one. I mean, you just look at the when whole Halep and Kerber, draw. Right. Yeah, Halep and Kerber. And that was 
you know, that was fun because Kerber isn't ranked where she should be. Right. I mean, not, you know, I'm not saying she's doing something legal. Um, <laughs> she will be now the ranked it, where she should be. Right. Right. And so, you know, you have quote unquote lower ranked player playing, you know, the yeah. one uh, player in the world. Um, so trying to see her get, regain her form and all that. Um, so that was a great match. The final was fantastic. Um, Is Darren Cahill getting paid enough? No. To deal with? <laughs> oh, God, no. I'm just, have you ever had a player like that? Well, here's one thing I'm not going to give him credit for, her mental state, and here's why. In the finals, anyway, if you want to get over nerves, if you're about to play a match, you play a match at 10 o'clock in the morning, go out to the track at 9 and sprint for 45 minutes. Yeah. You're dead tired. You're not going to be nervous anymore. Your body goes into survivor mode and not like the TV show. <laughs> Um, but I thought actually thought in the final she didn't probably because she was so tired. That's what I'm saying. I didn't see much nerves. Both of them. Yeah. Both of them. So I don't know. Which I was really impressed by that. Well, well, I was impressed unless they were just so beat up and tired that they just didn't have the energy to yeah. be nervous and they just were survive survival mode. So we'll see going forward as she's fresh. If she loses, oh, for the love <laughs> of Pete, if she loses in the first round of the French Open, I'm out. Uh, well, the, the stat I really want to see. I'm coaching soccer. I'm done. I'm <laughs> done. Done. But the stat I really want to see for Halep was her winner to error ratio related to the score. Like every game she was down, she would hit incredible winners. And right. Every time she got ahead, she would hit horrible errors. <laughs> well, so I wanted lot, to see yeah. a stat of like her winners to errors is when she was ahead or when she was down. Right. And I bet it would be completely reversed. Well, that's pretty typical though. I'm not going to beat her up. I mean, you everybody, not everybody, but most people play better right. when they're behind. But I mean, that was like. Start to the extreme, right? Right. I mean, when she was some of these, some of those games, she looked like she was would have beaten Serena the way she was playing. I mean, she was hitting winners that right. I can't imagine anybody getting to, right? Out of uh, defensive positions, right? Yeah, yeah. Those uh, cross court balls yeah. and stuff. So we had a three setter in the finals, and it was two women playing at at. Maybe not their best because right. physically they weren't there, but playing their best, basically. Yeah. Uh, they were both in it. M- you know, emotionally, they were controlling their emotions. They were in it. And everybody has little, you know, emotional hiccups here and there or whatever. Well, and we had a reason to root for both players, which is what I right. liked. Yeah, yeah. What a, yeah, what a neat deal having number one and first right. major of all time on the line. How epic was that? So that, that, that all those things contributed to make it great. On the men's side. We also had a match that went the distance. <laughs> Here we go. So a, we've been waiting on a five setter. So really, in my thrilling mind, classic match five in, setter. Well, here's in my mind, Roger Federer won this match six two six three six one, <laughs> and he he took a bathroom break for the second and fourth set. He was out. He said, "Yeah, play by yourself here, kid. <laughs> here, take my racket." Well, the second was just a fluky, you know, tie break and a couple loose points and. I I was really surprised he lost that set. I both of them. Well, I know. I mean, you know, true. Because he was up in the fourth. He was up a break in the yeah, fourth. Yeah, but at least the fourth. Well, the fourth was all nerves. It had to be. I mean, there's no other explanation. He could not get a serve in the court. Yeah, he didn't have a good. Yeah, that first serve was uh, not good. But yeah, the second was just. I felt like Chilich hit a couple good shots, and so I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the only thing that made this match great or whatever and or memorable was that it was number 20 
and he, you know what I mean? It's right. like all the stuff, crying after, and his dad crying, and <laughs> me crying, you know right. what I mean? I mean, I, you know, I was holding my puppy, just weeping. <laughs> um, those are the things, and my puppy was looking at me like I'm an idiot. Uh, my puppy, she doesn't like tennis. Um, but the match sucked. Right. I thought the match sucked. Yeah. Um, there was, at one point, like about an hour into it, they said, we've not had a rally eight shots or longer. And I think yeah. total there was maybe five or six. Yeah. And I think Chilich won almost all of them. It was, the ones there were. I never for one second was like, oh, here comes Chilich. No. Not once. Not once. Now, if he'd have gotten a break in the fifth, the very beginning of the fifth, he had Deuce and on Federer's serve. Maybe. Maybe. But I still, he still looked like a deer in headlights. He, he was forcing himself to look pissed off. He had the whole racket situation, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I don't know. They really tried hard to make that match seem uh, competitive. Yeah. Which, hey, good. That, that's what they're supposed to do for right. TV. But, yeah, it was really a shitty match, I thought. I, I, it was not good. And like I said earlier in the, in the first half of the pod, there are so many players in the top whatever, 30, I don't know, that have the ability physically to beat Roger Federer. He's 117 years old. Right. Of course they do. Maybe he's a better tactician, and part of that maybe is because he's got more options Yeah. in terms of what he can do with his forehands and backhands and coming to the net and his serve and return. Right. So he has more options, which is children. Well, I always suggest you have a one-handed backhand. <laughs> Gives you more. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, even he said he's not teaching his kids one hander. I'm like, you sell out, you traitor. <laughs> um, so maybe tactically there is some difference there. Maybe they don't, you know, whatever. And maybe he's better at whatever, but it, I would say it's mostly maybe a vast majority of it is just emotional control, whether it's belief, i.e. confidence, right. Or they're not driven enough. Or I I don't know, but it's it's I don't know what it is. I, I have no idea why, because there have been periods. Well, there's been periods where the greatest player ever gets the shit kicked out of him for a whole period right. of time by Nadal. Yeah, is that not enough for you? Okay, <laughs> drop in uh, Djokovic. Now he kicks his ass for who knows two years, right? Two and a half years. Well, there's yeah. The th- greatest player in the history of the game is getting the shit kicked out of him by Djokovic for two and a half years. Oh, wait, we're not done. There's a small period of time where the limey bastard from Scotland, I don't even know what limey means. Um, but so now you've got insert Murray where he beats him for a little period of time. Right. And it's like, that's why if you draw, well, I need to get somebody like Andy Roddick or somebody who's played both. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, he lives in Texas. I'll drive right. down to Austin and drive around until I find him with a microphone in my hands. Yeah. Have you seen it? Um, because it, you get somebody who's played them both, and obviously, by the way, I was looking at, I owe Andy uh, an apology. <laughs> Good God Almighty, he was in a fair amount of Grand Slam finals. Oh, yeah. Good God Almighty, you forget. Right. Golly. When I was thinking about Damn Chilich, you better. Chilich has now been in three, which is he's going to be in the Hall of Fame because we have so few options from this era. He's no going to be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> no kidding. I mean, but I was thinking. I think, but no, 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 but I think. Andy Roddick is well more deserving to be a Hall of Famer than at first glance I even considered, which is on me. Right. Well, I remember when you said that, I was like, well, he he was number one and he did. I mean, he would have five, five Grand Slams probably without Federer, maybe more. Right. Which Federer's here. Right. But 
Yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. So, and and again, he also played, at, you know, at the tail end of the Agassi. He's the bridge, right? I think he's the bridge between those two. And of course, he's going to say Fetter's the greatest ever. Right. So he's you know higher stature. <laughs> his, uh, but well, it I, just if you drop Fetter into the late nineties, early mid nineties, they maybe didn't have the game physically because it was a different game and they right. had different equipment. But all things being even, either then or now, you bring all like Becker and right. you know all those people forward, Agassi and Sampras, and even Todd, guys like Todd Martin. Yeah. I mean, Todd Martin is the Thomas Burdich, not because they're both six six, but they're always right there. Right. Um, you know, you bring all those guys either forward or put Federer back. He doesn't win this many. There's no doubt in my mind he doesn't right. win this many because they all were just nails emotionally. Now yeah. Agassi had his issues as a youngster, and then who straightened him out? BG Tennis Nation, baby, <laughs> right? So all comes back full circle, which is why it drives me insane that he's all about you know trying to be uh, what's that guy from basketball? Diaper Dick. Dickenberg. I mean, no, uh, Dick, Dick Vitale. God rest his soul. Yeah. He died. Dick Vitale. Um, yeah, he, it's like he's trying to be the Dick Vitale of tennis, and I feel like I'm. I just know he's got about 175 times more to <laughs> offer us, right? Than just that, um, because. Whatever, that's neither. Yeah, and they it. never let him get into that. It's always, you know, some nonsense about what's the weather like down there. You know why? Because the they stick him on court. He should right. be, I agree. Maybe that's maybe it's not his fault. Again, second apology of the pod. <laughs> I'm sorry, BG Tennis Nation. I'm sorry. You're a Hall of Famer in my book. Well, let me go ask the expert round two. If you're coaching, uh, whatever, pick a top 20 player, and they're playing Federer tomorrow, what do you tell them to do? Oh. God. And obviously you can't. You're not going to do this in five minutes. And get oh, we drunk. just solve the problem and get drunk. Be <laughs> but I just I watch him and I'm like, when he's on, I don't see the strategy to beat him. Well, you have to attack his backhand. He's not going to dictate off his backhand right. anywhere near as much. If you have power, you're just going to drive it to his backhand uh, and and get balls shorter in the court because he can do a lot of things with his backhand. He can defend and stuff. But you watch this match. He was flicking a lot of stuff, but he was, you know, he was hitting those sweeping cross court winners with his forehand or chain. Well, and they said when Chilich almost beat him, I guess recently, he said he was hitting everything to Federer's backhand. It was working. Yeah. So that had to be the plan going in. You would, you would have thought nobody makes him defend his weakest area. No, and he couldn't get Chilich couldn't get serves in. That was, you know, you well, have to get a high percentage of serves in if you're going to beat Federer. Right. And if you if you're a guy like Chilich, who has a ginormous forehand, you can't hit it if a relatively flat ball, like compared to like Nadal or Djokovic or Murray for that matter. Um, you can't pick that ball up and dictate with it coming in so hot and low. So you get that backhand, it's going to not float is not the right word, but float more relative yeah. to his forehand. He rolls it a little bit more. And you can do something with it. Um, even if he's blocking it back with his, you know, with a slice or just blocking it. Um, you have to, you have to serve well, obviously. Um, but well, do you think it's more a product of, how similar everybody plays now that why he's able to dominate. Cause if you drop him in the mid nineties, like you said, he's going to have to play certain volleyers. He's going to have to play, you know, slicers. He's going to have to play, you know, net rushers. He, he, I don't care about, see, that's the thing. I don't care about what they do physically. I care what they do about emotionally. Yeah. So Boris Becker, let's take him for an example, who apparently is looking for his grand slam trophies that he had to sell <laughs> to whatever. What a mess. But at one point, Famously, he said, the reason I don't serve and volley every time on grass is because nobody would beat me. I want to make it interesting. <laughs> I'm like, are you shitting me? Yeah. You think he's going to go in playing Federer? 
not confident? Right. Please. You think Lendl is going to go in not confident playing against Federer? Please. You think Agassi is going to worry about his serve? Right. Please. Well, and I think Djokovic and Nadal do go in confident, but, you know, they just, he's been able to stay healthy and they haven't. Yeah, I mean, well, you see what happens when one player cuts out gluten <laughs> and all of a right. sudden, you know, moves to, you know, um, Brooklyn. You well, know, and he's and, a. And even though I think I asked you jokingly when we first started this podcast, I said, what if Federer wins 20? Is he the best ever? What you're thinking it would never happen, of course. But Damn it. the thing is, I mean, it is still going to be his biggest argument against him. You've got a losing record against your two biggest rivals, Djokovic and Nadal. And they, and well, not only that, but how can you have twenty in an air, and they also have very high numbers? Right. It's like, are you shitting me? Yeah. Why does Agassi have the, as low as he does? Yeah. I'll tell you why. Because Becker had some. Because Sabres had right. a ton. Because you Connors, know what I'm saying. All those guys. Yeah. Guga was a king of clay. Right. You know, for a while. You know, I mean. It's just like, damn it, man. Why don't I have a time machine? How come I'm not magic? Because I'm telling you. Now, does that mean he wouldn't be the greatest ever? There's no way in hell I'd say that because he certainly could be. Right. Because he's got that all-court game, a la Pete Sampras, even though Pete Sampras' volley is way better. Yeah. I mean, watching him, it is way better. You're right. Um, and... He's just he's just tough as Samper. I mean, oh, that's another one. I mean, I forget my hero. You know, <laughs> Sampras, Ed Berg, all of them, man. I don't know. I well, I sound I like got... an I sound like an asshole because I'm trying to <laughs> you know take a guy who just won his 20th right. Grand Slam at the age of 50 or whatever the hell he is, yeah, and uh, and and tell you know and say you know poke holes in his career. And that's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to do is say, hey, <coughs> slow your roll. All right. Well, he's. <laughs> You know, I don't know. And the one bit of show prep I did. Oh, God. So in the last, so since the, this is the first time, would have been the first time a Federer had lost since the 2004 French Open that you haven't had one of the big four in the semis. So he was the only one in the semis of the big four. Wow. But that's, you know, 14 years where every Grand Slam has had one of the big four, but that just tells you it's only big four and there's nobody else. Right. Which is what we've been saying. And this and tournament. Two of the, and two of the. Big Four have dominated him, and one of them had a small spurt where he was kind of yeah. had the upper hand. And three of the all th three of the other four were injured this tournament. I think you're coming over to my case. I think slowly but surely, <laughs> as the last couple of years have played out, this is truly a weak error in men's tennis. Good God Almighty! I mean, if he retired tomorrow, it would be really hard to watch tennis for the next year or two. I was listening to another. I listen to podcasts. That's my show prep, I guess. Is steal all their ideas, but. <laughs> Um, there's a podcast called, oddly enough, the Tennis Podcast. It's a couple <laughs> of Brits. Um, they do they do like uh, I don't know what they do. I don't I don't know what things mean over there. They drive on the wrong side. Who knows? <laughs> um, but it's this dude named David Law and a girl named Catherine Whitaker. I need to get me a girl and get rid of you. Um, <laughs> we tried that. Yeah, <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so they were they were talking about you know surmising picking apart the press conference and try, you know, and, uh, and saying, Hey, does that mean, you know, cause he was getting emotional. Does yeah. that mean, Hey, maybe he's not, this is the last time he's going to be in Australia. I mean, not, you know, for vacation. No, he's going to be 2020 Olympics. Maybe. I mean, but you know, but you never know. Cause you're this age. I mean, yeah. I mean, the two people I want to murder or kidnap Tom Brady <laughs> and Roger Federer. Cause I want to see what happens when it all goes to hell after they see, leave. I've been saying, I want them on, a, they can go to an Island together and just do whatever they want. I'm, 
I don't need to watch this movie anymore. I've watched this movie 20 times. They Listen, they can't make it to an island. The boat would sink with all their <laughs> effing championship rings and trophies. Yeah. Got it. Now, I don't, here, I'm not mad at Federer, though. I don't care. I'm mad about the argument that I make. People just say 20, right, 20, right. and that's it. Yeah. And, they, and, and so there's no depth at an argument, whereas there's a ton of depth to my argument, of course. But the reason I hate Tom Brady, that pretty son of a bitch, is because I'm a Steelers fan. <laughs> and he's ruined my life. See, I don't even need to be a Steelers fan to hate. I just hate the same team, Dominic, because why do I need to watch that? I've already That's seen true. it. That's true. No, I've no, already no. seen it. You've already seen it, but you haven't seen it this many times. Right. In this year. But what I mean by that is it's I, worse because it's this many times. Oh, well, yeah, you're a crybaby. <laughs> I actually hate Tom Brady because it hurts me, my team. Yeah. my The franchise I cheer for, sometimes obnoxiously, yeah. sometimes drunk in a bar, not a lot, mostly at home, sober. With my Steelers socks on, don't get, don't judge me. But my franchise has six. <laughs> <laughs> That's inappropriate. I would never do that in front of my puppy. Um, my franchise has six Super Bowls since the Super Bowl era, and that son of a bitch, <laughs> his franchise is about to have six. Yeah, and he's got them all. All with him. Now I don't care that he has them all. I really don't. I just care that I can no longer say. I mean, calling us Sixburg right. doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> but the difference is, if Pittsburgh wins the next five Super Bowls, you would be thrilled. Well, yeah. Whereas for me, if any player won the next six Grand Slams, I would be right. pissed. Although the career grand, gr- the intrigue of, of a career Grand Slam. So in that regard, I'm cheering for Federer for the rest of the and ho- uh, Wozniacki. <laughs> That's not going to happen. But see, I would think. I mean, it would be amazing to see that just from the historic sense, but it would suck if it was he beat Songa in the French Open final, <laughs> he beat Monfi in the Wimbledon final, and he beats There's no Sean way in the, in the those US two, Gasquet in the U.S. Open. Yeah, but I'm just Three Frenchmen. You, that's what I feel like we might as well. Like, he beats Burditch in the Wimbledon final again. Oh, that would be devastating and, to I me. Mean, I just want Burditch to get one so bad. It's just awful. And I really thought he was going to beat Federer in this tournament, by the way. I had a feeling. Uh, and he was I up 5-2 the first set. Yeah, I had a feeling. Um, I was... Pre-match, I was like, oh, there's just something in the air. There's <laughs> all the so crazy too. stuff going on in the draw, and I was like, man. Federer was too... probably looking past him. You know, he was not that sharp that well, night. Well, all the other quote-unquote competitions out, and right. now all, this, all he's got left is Bert. Yeah. Damn it. But, Tomas. But I'm just saying. His if wife it's... is smoking hot, though. It's good for him. <laughs> I'm just saying, if it's Federer and Djokovic in the U.S. Open final, and then he wins a five-setter, and it's amazing, and okay, you fought off all that pressure and you won all four After year. beating Nadal, a healthy yeah, Nadal in the semis. That would be amazing. I'd, right. I'd all for that. And Murray in the other semi. Because <laughs> that, that's the only players that right. exist. <laughs> and then he plays this. Uh, he plays Serena for the final final. <laughs> after she, Well, she can't win a grand and slam. And she would put up a better match than some of the people he's played. Agreed. Um, Agreed. So, um, this is a very negative podcast this nah, week. Nah, who cares? I, I will fully acknowledge Roger Federer certainly could be the greatest in the history of men's tennis. <laughs> well, I'll ask you this. If you were ranking him now, I know you don't have number one. Where would you put him? <sighs> He's got to be number two, I would assume. Well, here's what's unfair. Is I am trying to... I'm trying to skip over the same argument that people from the 60s make about Sampras. I'm trying to skip over that and make that argument about Federer. So right. it's a little unfair <laughs> because you look at, you know, I mean, because Rod, how can Rod Laver not be when he won in both eras, the open era and when it was amateur? He won a Grand Slam in both. 
and the depth to do that because you're playing different players, right? And you know, because some players were playing pro. So I don't know. So then well, again, and but you're people not people didn't play the Australian either. Yeah, that too. Uh, you know that people forget that. Yeah, that's true. And then when they add a fifth major and somebody gets thirty grand slams, are they going to be better than Federer? You know. Well, and again, all this remember. All of this is greatest singles player. <laughs> because you start talking about McEnroe, you got to add McEnroe in there for doubles. I, I thought you were going to say Navratilova, but yes. Well, on the uh, women's side, yeah. certainly. And dare I say the MC word, <laughs> Margaret Court. I mean, she's got 175,000 right. grand yeah. slams. I don't count mixed. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I do not, I'm not going to answer that question. I do not, <laughs> um, I do not, you know, um, I'm not saying he couldn't be. I'm just, damn it, it's not a lock. Yeah. It's just not a lock. There's too many other factors. Well, and it's, it is just it is getting harder just because he's going to win one when he's 37 and maybe 38. <laughs> and it's <laughs> just like other guys retiring. I always, I always look back with this comment, which is he's he's younger than Andy Roddick. And Roddick's been retired for like five years. You mean uh, he's older than Andy? He's old. No, he's younger. Roddick. Oh, Rod, I'm sorry. Yeah, Roddick Roddick's is younger. younger. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, these guys retired. Guys coaching him are probably younger than him. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's ridiculous. Oh my god! But listen, here's the other thing: is you only play who they put in front of you. It's not his fault, right? It's not his fault that he plays in a sucky era of men's tennis. So, well, yeah, and I'm not blaming him for dominating. I mean, he's doing exactly what he should be right. doing. I think, in fact, if all those guys were healthy, he might have already retired because Ooh. he wouldn't be having the same success. Right? Yeah, that's true. Or Nadal. Maybe. Yeah. Djokovic and Murray were healthy because they're younger. Right. Who knows? Maybe, <laughs> how, how bad is that? <laughs> I'm wanting the dog, I mean, uh, Murray and Djokovic <laughs> to come back so we can put a stop to this madness. And I don't like those two. No, I don't care about them. I just, it, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, we need four so there's at least some variety, even right. though that's none. But uh, well, I think what you were saying is we're eventually, probably, Djokovic, Nadal, and Federer are all going to have more slams than Sampras. So does that mean they're the three best players of all time? Of course not. Because that doesn't make any sense. Right. You can't have the three best players of all time playing in the same 10-year period. I just think logically. Right. Right. So, anyway. Well, anything else uh, on the Australian before we wrap it up? Nope. Please let me get back to some moderate hour differential, like seven <laughs> for Paris. Seven-hour yes. difference to uh, central time zone. That makes Paris. sense. You can wake up early. Good watch God it. Almighty. Yeah, that works a lot better. I can watch it at work on the computer. Right. That's always fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, golly. This is, it's a beating. But you put your time in. Yeah, and it definitely makes you feel like you earned it when you watch something. It's like, man, I stayed up late and watched that. Yeah, you're zombie the next day, and it's like, <laughs> oh, what a great match. <laughs> well, I, uh, I think women's tennis um, acquitted itself fantastically without the Queen Bee, uh, and I still think men's tennis sucks right now. So last thing, so we, we got off on the men for so long. Who's going to be the best woman the rest of the year? We got to see because Serena's coming back for Fed Cup, and so we got to see where she's at, man. Yeah. It's hard because she had this little stop and this false start, and you're like, uh, it doesn't make you feel good because you just don't know. You worry. And I was disappointed in Maria. I mean, she lost to Kerber, who was playing amazing. I haven't who? seen Maria lose like that in a long time. Um, so I think, does that mean I have to get, I mean, am I, is she done to me? I mean, cause I'm, I'm, you know, all this, you know, Maria love is because <laughs> she's going to come back and be a top player. And if she doesn't get there, I've got to move on. She didn't look anywhere near her old self. So no. if she's not, I mean, 
put it this way, it's not like it was before where you can just take six months off and come back and dominate. There's some players at the top that are good enough where you've got to be on your A game, which that's what I think Serena's going to find out too. I don't think she's going to come back and dominate. Well, I, God, how can you say that? How can you say that? <laughs> I know. But I just think the top of the women's game is better than it has been. But we don't know. That's true. Until I mean, you see it, you don't know. Without her, they were. Right. But do they all just say, oh, shit, and just throw <laughs> all their rackets in the garbage? <laughs> but, I mean, just... it's not like when we had Dimitrov and Sock and Golfan. Like, <laughs> we know they all are not very good. But <laughs> Sock backing into the, <laughs> the year-end championship. But, um, you know, these are like women that are winning. <laughs> <laughs> our American hope. Oh, for best our, ever. Our, oh, better Our years. future time. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> You're arguing. Who, anybody, he's got 20. Jack Sock. <laughs> Done. I'm out. Arrest my case. Yeah, when one of your fellow top eight seeds is Jack <laughs> Sock. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, Jack Sock, okay? Don't hold that against me. If you're ever in town... That's such a lie. The next time you're in town at the Challenger, because that's where you're going to be... Uh, <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I, we haven't been drinking at all, I swear. Oh, that's what happens when we go overtime. I don't want to be an a-hole. I really don't. I just want to tell the truth. Oh, my God. All right. So, uh, anything else? Just like Fetter, we ended the tournament with tears. Oh, my God. Uh, that was pretty good. So, uh, anything else on the old AO? Nope. I'm looking forward to American hard courts. <laughs> so stupid. God, it pissed me off. Come uh, on, Union. Clay hard court season. Please form a real players association and just change the schedule. For the love of God, change the schedule. Get it right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we got uh, hard courts coming up. We'll talk about that next week. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about all that next week. Um, hopefully, there'll be some movement on this Union situation in the off after the Australian. So, all right, well, that's it for the Australian. It's back, baby. Tennis is back that's and right. I'm fired up. And, uh, Hey, tell your, tell your friends about this podcast. Damn it. It's got a bunch of listeners and we are growing. We took a little hit in the off season, but we're starting to climb back up there. Um, people are coming back. Subscribe to it. You lazy, just go to the damn app and subscribe. It ain't hard <laughs> and get somebody, grab them. I think we're going back to the Steeler phone in their tennis bag bit. Cause that seemed to yeah. work a little bit. Um, on a changeover, your opponent just grab their phone and subscribe to the podcast. Um, and now more people are actually playing tennis because it's not freezing, at least here. Yeah, in Texas. So, so um, that should help. Hopefully. So, but yeah, tell tell your your opponents, your coaches, your friends, um, and uh, and then go to our website. You can find all of our stuff there. It's uh, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com. Our Twitter handle is one zero s r e v. Tennis Rev, at Tennis Rev, I guess, for Twitter. Go start more Twitter fights. Yeah, I don't coach. tweet much, and uh, after I tried this week, I'm cured from it, so you won't hear from <laughs> me much. But, you know, I, I do tweet out the show when it's up and all that stuff. And uh, and on the website, drop us questions, um, comments, none of the evil comments I got on Twitter, please. Um, <laughs> just because I don't feel like sorting through them, because I don't really care. But, uh, all right, Corey, anything else? Nope. All right, well, the Australian's in the bag, and uh, tennis is back, and I'm fired up. So until next time, everybody, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. I'm done with you, Maria.